Jewish history began with Abraham, the first Jew, and his wife, Sarah. Today, Jews comprise an entire nation, far more numerous than a single family. How and when did the Jewish people transition from being a family to becoming a nation? What is the fundamental difference between the two? We now turn to Mrs. Shimona Tsukernik, an international lecturer and founder of OMEC, a nonprofit organization dedicated to in-depth transformational learning and living. Mrs. Tsukernik will discuss the holiday of Passover, the transition to Jewish nationhood, and the journey of personal transformation. Hi, happy Pesach. I thought what we'd do today is look at the three names for Pesach and see how they plot a path, a course for us in our own personal lives. Because Pesach is about going out of limitations and becoming free. And each of these names speaks about a different physical phase as well as a different spiritual stage in our own service. So in the Bible, in the Torah, Pesach is referred to as Chag HaMatzos, the festival of matzos. The second name that we have is Man Cheresenu, the time of our freedom. And that's what we read when you pray in the, in the standing prayer in the Amidah on, on Yom Tov. That's how Pesach is referred to. And then we have the general language that it's referred to, and that is that as Pesach. You don't have to say to someone, Passover, everyone is familiar with the term Pesach. And each one of these is a different stage in our service, in our divine service, in our personal growth as to how to step ourselves out of limitations and come to a place of freedom. So before we even begin, let's just look at that notion of what it means that Pesach is about becoming free. Our sages tell us that at that time that we left Egypt, we were literally born as a people. We existed as a, a family with a tribal identity in Egypt. Surely, you know, Jacob had come down with all of his children and they multiplied abundantly in the land. There were many, many Jews who left Egypt. But there was a big difference to our existential identity before we left Egypt and from the very moment that we left Egypt. In fact, there is there are different Kabbalistic texts that explain how the whole process of leaving Egypt is compared to a birth from the bloody show of the, the um, blood that the Jews put on the, on the lintel in the houses, whether it was the blood of the Korban Pesach of the Paschal Lamb or the blood of Mila. That was the bloody show of the birth of Mashiach, moving all the way to Matan Torah, the giving of the Torah. And there the two tablets are compared to the two breasts of a woman that are nursing this unborn child. But we're going to be looking at it in a, a little bit of a different way, just launching from this point of Pesach being the birth of a child. And our sages tell us in the Talmud that a, a convert who converts is compared to a child who is born. So at that moment that we left Egypt, we became like converts or like a newborn infant. We became a new entity. Just as a convert has lived her life or his life with a certain status or identity, from the moment they come out from the mikvah, that person it has an entirely new existence. 
Furthermore, not just were we, not were we only born on Pesach, but that birth is intimately connected with the giving of the Torah that happened on Shavuot. In fact, we are told in some ways the days between Pesach and Shavuot, the giving of the Torah, functions like the intermediate days of a holiday. You have the beginning of Pesach and the end, and then you have those intermediary days that are called Cholamoid. Uh, on Sukkot, you have the same thing. We're allowed to do work, we can drive, etc. But there's a sanctity to the, those days that is different from a regular weekday. And this time in between Pesach and Shavuot is likened to that kind of uh, reality, that state where there's a special sanctity, and that's when we count the Omer. So our birth on Pesach is about becoming free, intimately linked through these 49 days to the giving of the Torah. And the giving of the Torah is where God's infinite essence manifested in the finite world. We can't even speak about God as being infinite at some level, because infinite is limited to being infinite and it's not finite. But at the beginning, at the giving of the Torah, God's essence became manifest within the parameters of creation. So the whole of Pesach is a time from Pesach to Shavuot where we have to become a radically new entity. It's not like saying, I learned that one plus one is two, so two plus two is four, and nine divided by three, etc., and five times ten. We're not, we're not just extrapolating from addition to subtraction to multiplication and division. We're talking about something that is a quantum leap, and that's what we want to achieve on Pesach. As we're sitting at that Seder table, as we move through the days of Yom Tov, how am I going to generate something in myself that is so radically new? It's as if I'm reinventing, reimagining my life, my being as I know it. So the three names that we mentioned before plot a course for us. The Festival of Matzahs, the Festival of Freedom, and then Pesach, which means to leap, to leap into a new state. Let's try and understand it by first looking at the process by which a student learns from her teacher or his teacher. The first thing is this. Before I can even begin the process of absorbing information, I have to let go of my own way of looking at the world. If I really want to get what you have to say to me, something that I don't know, it's your worldview, or a teacher who's giving over a complex topic, the first step is I have to empty my mind. When I'm bringing what I know to the learning experience, well, at one level, it's very useful. I need to use that. I used to teach study skills at the university in South Africa, and we told the students there's two kinds of information, the information that's in front of your eyes and the information behind your eyes, what's in your head. And that information is extremely useful in analyzing and extrapolating from what I'm going to be learning. But if I'm holding on to that right at the beginning, I cannot truly absorb what the teacher is giving me. So we have to be an empty vessel. That's the first step of learning. I take myself out of myself. I put my way of being in the world aside. I put what I know aside. And I, as an empty vessel, can now absorb that which the teacher is giving over to me.
but obviously it doesn't end there. Now I have to begin processing and analyzing that information. So I have to be an empty vessel, but as the Talmud says, an empty vessel is what holds. The next step is I need to hold and take in that information, question, analyze, try and relate it, begin to relate it to my life. But even before I do that, I'm looking, processing this information in all of its details. And then the last step, obviously, is that I take that information into myself. It is internalized. As we say at the end of our prayers, you should know today and bind it to your hearts. I haven't really learned anything until I've managed to bring it into my heart center. And from there, I can take it out into the world. So first I have to be an empty vessel. Then I have to be a vessel that holds as much substance, as much liquid, as much information as I can. And having done that, I want to absorb it into my very being, almost like oil seeping into the skin. Now there is a process that has to happen even before I make myself an empty vessel. And that's something that is up to the teacher. The teacher has to open the students, has to awaken their will to set themselves aside. The teacher has to make the students receptive to their learning. So we learn in the Gemara, in the Talmud, a story about a certain sage by the name of Rava. And prior to his teaching, he would begin with lighter words, a story, a joke, something humorous. This method of Rava seems to contradict what we are saying as the first step in learning, which is that the student has to be in a state of mental surrender, of awe towards the student, not towards the teacher. Not saying, you know, I make a god out of my teacher, but certainly if we're speaking about a teacher who's authoritative, this is someone that I'm, I want to open myself to receive from. So we need to have that phase, that place of being in awe of the teacher. But in order to get to that phase, the teacher has to open the student up. And that is a gesture of kindness and of warmth that makes the person feel comfortable. Okay, I trust this person. I can open myself up and I'm ready to receive anything that I want. You know, King Solomon tells us that, that the left hand pushes away and the right hand draws close. And uh, our sages comment and say, the left hand is the weaker hand. When you're pushing away, when you're being severe, when you have to discipline and set boundaries, let it be with your left hand, with your weaker hand, and then with your strong arm you embrace. But even prior to pushing away with the left hand, there needs to be a gesture of the right hand. That's the joke, that's the warmth, the love that Rava gives to his students to kind of put them at ease. Where before I'm going to give criticism, if it's to a child or to an employee, I need to share something with a friend or a spouse. I want to come to the place where I'm drawing you close with my right hand. In order to do that, I need to give you the, the difficult words, this difficult communication. But in order to really do that effectively, I first need an initial drawing close with the right. So now with all of this information, we can come to the three names of Pesach. The first name is Chagamatzos, the festival of matzo. And when we look at matzah, it's clearly different from bread in the fact that it hasn't risen. Bread 
rises up, it becomes fluffy and full. And that is symbolic, Kabbalistically, of our ego. Matzah represents a state of nullification, where I surrender being in the world the way I know myself. I don't conceive of myself as an independent entity. I don't conceive of myself as having all answers. I'm suddenly open to receiving from the world in a totally new way. That's like the student who first has to make herself a very empty vessel to receive from the teacher. That's the left hand pushing away. Then we come to the next name. This is the festival of our freedom. Pesach is the time that we became free from Egypt. But it's not only that we became free from Egypt. You know, I know a man who is an alcoholic. He's been in recovery for many, many years. And he speaks about his process of recovery. He says, stopping to drink, getting out of Egypt is not the end of the process. Getting out of Egypt has to be connected to the giving of the Torah. At that point, I become a slave to God. And the obvious question is, if I'm accepting God as the ultimate authority and I'm a slave to God, what have I gained? I became free here. And now a couple of weeks later, I've become a slave to the creator of the universe, the ultimate taskmaster. So he said to me, look, as an alcoholic, I was either going to be a slave to the bottle or a slave to God. And that's one of the first steps, that I am powerless over, over alcohol. I cannot do anything about this. And then the next step is what? But there is a God who can save me. There is a power and authority that is even greater. My higher self, the creator of the universe, who can take me out of that limitation. So becoming free doesn't only mean I get out of Egypt. I have to get Egypt out of me. That's the seventh day of Pesach. And then we come a couple of weeks later to Shavuot, where we surrender ourselves to God. Now, sages tell us there's no such thing as a free person other than one who is serving and working in Torah. Why? Because the true identity, my true self, your true self, wants to be connected to God. When I am serving my animal self, my lower self, I am a slave. I am a slave to my desires. I, I live a reactive life. If I want to live proactively as a truly free entity in this world, I have to surrender that ego and take on the blueprint of creation, the Torah, and its guide for life. That's the festival of our freedom. And when we do this, we come to the third step, which is Pesach, that notion of leaping into a new reality. That means I'm like the student who has been in a state of awe, sat in silence before the teacher, processed the information, and now I begin to internalize that information. And as soon as I internalize it, what happens? I can leap out of my boundaries. I become a truly new entity, like a convert who converts or a child who has been born. And yet we have to remember, even before the student sitting in awe in front of the teacher, even prior to that, we need the warm words of Rava. We need that right hand that embraces before you begin the process of learning the left hand pushing away and the right hand drawing close. So we could almost say that the learning itself is left pushes away, right draws close, and then there's a full embrace. 
there has to be the nullification of matter, the realization that this is how I become free through the giving of the Torah and then the leaping. But in order for that to happen, there needs to be the first drawing close, those warm words of Rava. And what is that in our lives? To know that whatever I do, all my service has to be done with joy. I begin, if I'm not in a state that is joyous, then when I have to grow, go through the breaking, that time of a broken heart of the matzah, I won't be able to come through it. If I enter in joy, I will be able to come out in joy. You know, we read in the Talmud that Rabbi Akiva and the sages went into the orchard. And one, the orchard, meaning the orchard of Torah, exploring the Torah at the most basic levels up to the most lofty and mystical levels. One of them died, one went insane, and one became a heretic. Rabbi Akiva remained whole. He came out in peace. And we are taught he went in in peace, and that's why he came out in peace. Even before we begin this process of going out of our limitations, starting with a broken heart, being in awe, making ourselves low like the matzah, that has to be preceded by joy so that I can enter into the space of saying, well, I don't know anything. I know nothing about the world. I have flaws in this aspect of my being, in this aspect of my being. I really need to regenerate myself. In order to do that effectively, I have to start with joy. Then I can break, then I can build, and finally I internalize myself and leap out of my limitations. Wishing you that we are all able to follow these steps, to go out of our limitations and become a truly new entity. Happy Pesach.